0: Start writing you a letter, writing you a letter, writing you a letter. You a letter. This as my Ooh. Ooh. Oh, it just warms my heart. I can't dance too much because the chairs. Yeah, the squeaky ass chairs. I mean, is that your bullshit excuse?
1: That's a good excuse. <laughs> <laughs> There's
2: no room excuse. in this studio
0: for excuses. Lots of Mm -hmm. Mm help. Listen to the CEO, Mm. (laughs) keeping us on task. Yeah. Well, guess what? What's up? What? It's fucking Friday. For once, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm feeling good. Mm -hmm. I know. I need
3: to warm up a little bit, but I'll be. I'm still feeling pretty good. I'm happy it's Friday.
0: Yeah. I feel like Kelsey's tired. Tony. I, I just want the sun. Tony's going through a little weather depression. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. And Alana's totally distracted because she's already had one foot out the door for yes.
1: her trip. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
3: Do I have
0: everybody's mood right? Well, yes.
3: Jenny reads the room. <laughs>
1: wow. We're, yes. we're your magennials, by the way.
0: <laughs> oh my God, I love that. <laughs> so somebody called me the other day. Somebody called me the other day. The momager. Mm. Have you ever heard that? Yeah. I'd never heard that before. I thought yeah. that was so cute. Never heard that. She said, I'm I'm the Kris Jenner for the millennial I was just going to say, Kris Jenner
2: is like the prime example of a momager. Yeah. I'm the Jenny Z. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, we'll see. I already feel everybody coming on. So, it's what I wanted to talk about today, inspired by a little coaching session I had with one of my clients. I failed to recognize up until now how—not difficult, that's not the right word—how awkward and uncomfortable you guys are going to find it when you enter the world of politics in the workplace. So, I'm going to give you a quick jumping-off example, and then I want everybody to jump in, because it, it takes lots of different forms, and we can talk through all of the various scenarios that can happen. But in this one particular instance, um, It's a young man, and he had started a new job probably about six months ago, and made a really quick bond with somebody who he had worked with and thought that it was genuine. (laughs) First mistake. And um, started to feel this guy turn on him a little bit and and working against him with their manager. He thinks it's because he's doing a really good job and questioning a lot of stuff. But regardless, things are are going sideways a little bit, and so I was explaining to him that whole, is it me? (laughs) 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 This is where we should be filmed, if everybody could see Alana so carefully replacing my squeaky-ass chair. (laughs) Okay. Quick chair swap. Anyway, back to my poor troubled man story. So as he's feeling them turning against him, and he's not exactly sure why, I'm explaining to him, okay, you need to take this dude to lunch, or better yet, a beer afterward, strike up a very warm conversation, get to the heart of what's going on, and he's like, absolutely not. I don't want to do that. I don't want to even be around the dude right now. He's a total fucking asshole. And I'm like... That cliche, keep your friends close and your enemies closer, is real for a reason. You have to get back in this good guy's graces. He has more influence over your manager than you do. He's been there longer. They have a relationship. You're just establishing yours. Swallow it, fake it, and go out there and make a bro friend. I don't care how artificial it is, if you want to do well at work, those are the things that you have to do you know, to overcome to try overcome to get along
1: it. with him, yeah.
3: He can be your work bro. He doesn't have to be your bro all the time. I mean, he can be kind of your, I mean, you just, you come to work and you hang out you be friends, you know? Well, but
0: like, so his hangup is, he feels like, so I already know this guy's out to get me, so you're telling me to go be nice and extend myself yeah. with a guy who's being an absolute dick to me.
1: Yeah, you might stop being a dick.
0: Show yourself the bigger person. He might actually stop being a dick. Maybe he's got something going on in his own life, and he's just taking it out on this guy. So you guys are being so sweet and authentic and genuine, which is what he's doing as well. And I think what I'm trying to say is there are times in the workplace where you're going to have to be manipulative. Hmm. You're going to have to fake it. You're going to have to pretend to get along with somebody to protect your own personal brand, your own reputation, your own work performance, because there are all kinds of relationships that exist that you might, A, not be aware of, or B, be on the outs of, and so you have to find your way in. Mm-hmm. And it was very uncomfortable for him, and he's a really, uh, he's really mature for his age. It's the first time we've ever had an issue where the answer to me was obvious, and he just was like, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. And I'm like, this is this is how it all starts. So I thought, you know what? I bet office politics are really hard for millennials because you guys really do approach things from a pretty, you know, I want to be authentic, I want to be real. And- I think you, if you have a problem with somebody, you should just say it. Ideally, yeah. Yeah. But that won't always work.
1: Do we have that problem here, guys? Or are we no, all like legitimately friends?
3: I think we're all pretty. I think we're all pretty, pretty close I here. I like you guys. <laughs> I like you guys. Okay, so it sounds so. like this
1: guy works at a not fantastic, or not in a fantastic work environment. He's uncomfortable going there and thinks that the people are talking and not liking him behind his back.
0: Well, and I won't blame that on the organizational culture. I'll say that that's <coughs> what this one dude's issue is, but. I guess what it made me realize is there have been lots of times in my career where you come across people who just don't like you for whatever reason, and there's nothing you can do to make them like you, but you still have to figure out a way to forge a relationship that works for them. You really do have to find a way to make your enemies like you.
3: You just got to get by, basically. But you got to get by and still be civil.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In ways that make you proud of yourself, so that you're never behaving that way. But but it also does. Like I said, I wish there was a better word than manipulation. But that's that's almost what the situation demands, because you have to you have to navigate it it's in a way strategy. that you're going to be protected. Exactly. Yeah.
3: Fake a professional relationship, I mm. guess. I feel Just like we worked to...
0: those kinks out of this company
3: already. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, here. I, well, number one, I think because it's a startup, uh, it sort of bonds everybody around a common goal, and it's small, and everybody's really scrappy. Um, it's probably more common to find these types of things at larger organizations. I mean, there
1: was people here that I wouldn't say I necessarily got along with, but I had to when I was here,
0: you know. Mm-hmm. But they're gone now, so I don't worry about it. Alana, have you ever had um, to navigate any workplace politics in any of the places you've worked?
2: Oh yeah, of course. Um, so I mean, just honoring the the natural hierarchy that that is, you know, at Any job i mean you have to you have to respect you have to respect or at least pretend to respect um people that are you know superior to you position wise but then you know if i don't know i i don't know i just it's hard for me to feel confident enough to like approach somebody that that isn't in my same like
0: bracket i guess or level, you're yeah, talking about level. Yeah, yeah. And I think sometimes there can be politics between levels, but I think it most commonly takes shape among peer groups when people oh. are like jockeying for position. Oh. So so let me give a couple of specifics, and then we can talk through them and things. Okay, so so the first one and the most dangerous one is office gossip, and it's actually the easiest one to manage because you just don't engage. I mean, there's nothing good coming from being somebody who's known as an office gossip. Nothing. And you'd be surprised how often that reputation can spread and can uh, get in the way and prevent you from getting promoted, because as soon as you're in a higher level, you have access to confidential information. Mm -hmm. And so, if you're known as somebody who talks a lot, you're not going to be trusted with confidential information. Mm -hmm. So that one's an easy one. Um, But manipulation, which is the one that's happening with this young man, is, is harder, I think. Um, So, first of all, you don't even know that it's happening sometimes. People might be um, working against you behind your back and you wouldn't have any idea, um, or blaming things on you or trying to sabotage you. So, I think that one's harder to identify and then figure out a remedy. Probably takes we need like a flow chart for this. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: like, get yourself in a situation. It's like, is this person above or below you? Yes, <laughs> <Like>, sir. <laughs> it's just, I feel like, I, I, that's kind of how I feel like I go about those situations, though, is like, it's usually kind of like, I just read it. I just try to read. I, I tend to be laid back. I don't think people like hate me, I. I but I try not to go out of like my realm of um, power, <laughs> Ooh, hold the phone.
0: <laughs> Your sphere of influence as I say. Yeah,
3: yeah, the sphere of influence. I try not to go outside of that too much, but I guess then again it comes down to those situations where it's like, would this person be mad if I asked them that question? Or like if I if I said something to them that was a little off color or I don't know getting along with people is kind of a weird <laughs> It's sort of a weird
0: Well, let me give you guys another example, because you guys have told me that this exists here before. So let's say, um, I think the way you guys said it is, uh, how do you handle it if you have more than one boss? Or if somebody thinks that they're your boss and they're not really your boss? So let's call that competing aims. So if you have people above you, um, or even in your same peer group, but if there's any sort of authority question, and among the people who all possess authority, if there becomes a competing objective between them that can put you in a really tough spot because you won't know always which master you're supposed to be serving. Mm. That's a really common example of workplace politics. And typically, you're just going to follow your instinct as you're navigating that and think about, okay, well, you know, Bob wants me to do A and John wants me to do B. I don't know how to do this without pissing one of them off. So let me see if I can either suggest an approach that everybody can agree on or uh, you know when in doubt you know rank has its privilege and you go with the highest ranking person that's mm-hmm. a way out of that situation mm-hmm. but that'll happen sometimes does that ever happen or have you ever had any experience with that with your competing bosses here mm-hmm.
2: i think so because like we'll be told how to do something by one person and then you'll be told by a different person how to do that same thing and it's a different, a different way, answer, right? right? And it's not to say that either one of them are especially wrong, but like maybe they didn't know that the other person knows how to do it a different way. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. they it was like unintentional. Mm-hmm. Um, so like navigating that and just being like, okay, uh, well, I learned it this way, but. I guess that way works too. Like I don't know. I always try and to try to approach things from an efficiency standpoint.
0: <laughs> Another way to handle that when you find yourself stuck in that situation is to do an email to the two people who are giving yeah. you compete and put it in, back in their court, mm-hmm. so that you don't have to make a decision that pisses one of them You guys sort of off this out and let and me know. <laughs> exactly, that's yeah. a really good way to handle it. Yeah. Another really common one is managing up. You guys are familiar with that phrase. So, you know Mm -hmm. how I feel about brown nosers, Uh, and they are everywhere, Um, but so managing up is a more appropriate way to describe that, so there are going to be people who are just really, really good at making the boss feel good. And at the end of the day, we're all human, so a boss, some of them are more uh, susceptible to managing up than others, and you might find yourself in a situation where you do a really good job, but your coworker does a really good job of managing up. So, whether it's plum assignments or the next promotion, sometimes, I mean, that's why they manage up, because they're trying to improve their position at work with their boss. Um, And that ass-kissing can overshadow somebody who's just doing a really good job. Mm -hmm. It all depends on the boss. What's plum assignment? A fantastic assignment. Oh. Oh, that's a plum job. That's a plum role. That's a plum assignment. you never (laughs) heard that before? No. No.
3: I think the closest thing I've dealt with <laughs> to, like, workplace politics, I guess, as An far as, like, having to pretend...
1: maniac.
3: Having, well, sort of, but having also to pretend, like, that... I guess having to pretend, like, customers, even, like, at the fish store working in retail, it's like, you know, you have to... Pre- the customer is always right. You got to grin and bear it, you know? Exactly. I read this thing on Facebook right. that it was like,
1: no, the customer is not always right. I work here. I know the rules. They don't know shit. <laughs> I was like... Somebody was like, as a customer, you're not wrong.
3: I mean, yeah.
1: I see where you're coming from. Yeah, just to so it's something it.
3: you have to deal with as, like, the customer's always mm-hmm. right. I think that's about the closest I've had to deal with is just you have to get along with people, even if you don't, even if you hate them. <laughs> I've had guys come in and hold me an hour and a half over, and I just want to tell them to get the hell out of my store and leave. Mm-hmm. Like, it, but you can't do that. You know. crane and bear it. <laughs> just yep. take it with grace.
0: My first job, I was a waitress, and um, we, it was a little small supper house, and we had one round that, Uh, Fit 10 people, and all the rest were just four tops and deuces. And we closed at 8 o'clock every night. That shows you how small we were. And this party of 10 walks in at like five minutes to eight. All of them wanted steak and lobster. I was there for like two more hours, but you know. And I, got of course. A, I got a great tip. Yeah. And, of course, they're going to ask, are we, you don't. <laughs> are we Are we bothering you guys? Are we coming in? Oh, don't
3: worry about it. No, no, don't worry about it. Just come on in. Sit down. Yeah.
0: Take your time. <laughs> Help yourself. <sighs> um, another one that can happen, especially when you're young in your career. I know one of the hardest ones for me is when you are friends with your coworkers and then you suddenly get promoted over your coworkers. I know you had experience with Mm -hmm. this at the bar, Mm -hmm. Um, but that can be really challenging because the way you want the relationship to continue and the way your coworkers want the relationship to continue are probably gonna be two different versions. And so that can be really tough to navigate as well because if it's not a smooth transition, you could have a whole bunch of Snipers in the weeds, as I say. Haters, people gunning yeah. for you. Yeah. And that becomes something that you you can't just ignore and say, "Oh, you know, look, it's it's not my fault. I'm the boss now." You have to figure out how to create loyalty and uh, build, rebuild that bridge with your coworkers because they're the ones that are going to make you successful. How did you do it when you when that happened to you at the at the restaurant?
2: Um, Just had to really stick to my values in that way. Um, And unfortunately, I mean, you just have to, you got to know that, like, what, what means more to you at the end of the day? And is it, you know, I I think you just have to decide for yourself. Is it the career opportunity, you know, for growth and moving up in in that particular field? Or is it maintaining and retaining the friendships that you've
0: made. What happened with you? Did you day? end up keeping the friendships?
2: Um, well, I mean, I feel like they got kind of it's not like I was like best friends with anybody in particular at the restaurant, but you know, like just the dynamic changes because you're the one that's telling them what to do, you know, and and then instead of you both being the ones, you know, <laughs> making fun of the boss behind their back. They're probably doing that behind your back now. You know what I mean? Like it it just it's it's inevitable no matter who's in the position. I do feel like I actually did get quite a bit of respect out of them either way. Um but once I left that job, you know, then then sometimes the friendships, you know, resume not quite back to normal, but Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, I would rather be respected at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Remember my whole Jennyism, to gain respect, sometimes you have to lose affection. Yeah. And it's really true. Mm Mm-hmm. Another situation that can bring it um, out for you to have to deal with is if any of you ever find yourself in a position to be in a romantic relationship with somebody at work, then all kinds of political situations could arise Mm -hmm. you're shaking your head now oh i'm all good i'm i don't gotta worry about that well you don't have to worry about that now but you never know Mm. you you have a very long career in front of you
1: Mm. Mm -hmm. i think i'm just going to keep that mess out of my uh list of problems it's
0: a that's a really good plan it's a really good plan it doesn't always happen but it's it's a good plan Mm -hmm. it's good though to um you know to understand all of the the fallout, if that plan ever why Well, I dated changes. somebody that I worked with before. Okay. Well, then, so you probably have some experience with this. Yeah, but,
1: I mean, neither one of us were really in a position of management. Then when we got bumped up, they bumped us up as a team. We worked really well together,
0: but we don't work together anymore, so it's not a problem. How do you think your coworkers felt about that? Fine. That would surprise me. Uh... <laughs>
1: I mean, it was a huge company, so out of like the 200 people there, the 12 that we worked with did like us. Yeah. So they were fine with it. Yeah. Because we, us two, worked under like our lead for a while. He was a really nice older guy. And then his boss plucked us away from them and the, the, let us start doing our own.
0: Uh, I'm glad that the experience was good and that nothing bad happened. But, but typically, if people work with a couple on a team...
1: Well, that's why I wouldn't date somebody I work with again now that I'm, like, growing up
0: and but, in my but, career. Right. You know? Yeah, you're just like, saying and, like it's a, a mature decision to not do. At a
1: little low-level job, I don't think it's as big of an issue as it can become
0: when you're... Well, I think there are issues at every level because everything's relative. The The point I was going to make was if you're on a team and, you know, if there's... I don't know how many people were on your team, if there were six or eight or ten or whatever. varied, yeah. And there's two of you who are a couple... You automatically have a bond that the rest of the team isn't going to be able to share. And it does sort of create unspoken or invisible resentment. Sometimes people don't even realize they feel that way until there's like a conflict at work and you're like, oh, pff, well, Kelsey then. and Allison are going to totally be on yeah. the same side here. So we can't go and get them. Like it just, it does create um, a dynamic. Wait, did I ever tell you her name before or do you just know? No, you told me your name. You told me her name once a long time ago, but I'm a really good listener.
1: (gasps) I caught that. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) What? Did I say something? She
0: was listening.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that just smacked me in the side of (laughs) the (laughs) head. But, um, no, I mean, honestly, I I see exactly where you're coming from. And if we worked with people that were more our age, that probably would have happened. But we worked with, like, a lot of retired people that were working just to make extra money because they were bored and stuff like that, you know, when they're... 50s 60s so my group was like a few old biker guys that would go out and drink after work they loved us and then the other couple were like old ladies that liked the biker guys so none of them it was it's not that way now the company's bigger and full of drama and i'm glad i got out when i did but when i started there it was really laid back and she bumped up before i did and she like kind of proved herself and then they gave me a shot so it wasn't like they bumped us up together
0: right you know um, but that leads to another thing, since we just totally added you to our audience. But I know you're totally comfortable with who you are. We love you just the way you are. Um, but that comes with its own set of issues. Yeah. Uh,
1: I've, oh, yeah. I've, I've, I've faced much discrimination in the workplace.
0: So that can create a lot of political landmines, um, because obviously. You, none of us want our sexual orientation to be any sort of yardstick for the way we perform right we are there to do a job mm-hmm. period but we would also be naive if we didn't think that there are sometimes there are going to be people who right or wrong discriminate pass judgment make work hard make your life hard just because of who you are oh yeah oh yeah okay mm-hmm. talk to us about how you handled those situations uh, which one do you want do you want situation number one
1: or situation number two because i handle them both really differently
0: share them both okay
1: so situation number one was at my old work might as well just say it was the car transporting company because that's what i did i'd pick up lease turn-ins all over michigan and bring them back to like the huge auction base so there was this old lady there and she pretty much told me that i was going to hell because i'm you know gay and that jesus would change me and fix me if that was what was supposed to happen and all this so i bit my tongue, didn't say anything. I was shocked and completely blown back by this. It was like my first week there. So I told my boss and he wasn't okay with it. So he made an announcement to everybody during a huge company meeting. He's like, just so you know, if anybody has any problems with anybody else's personal life decisions in or outside of work, keep your mouth shut and keep your opinions to yourself or we're not going to be dealing with that here. So I was like, yes.
0: That's awesome. That's but a good boss. He was a really good boss.
1: And I have an issue here, not in my company, but this building has many. And there's a woman that I cross paths with in the bathroom sometimes. And she not only thinks I'm a man using the woman's restroom, has told me to use the other restroom multiple times, told me to read, read the sign on the door. She's resorted to being i don't even know i don't even know how to describe it i've come in here freaking out to them before though because of the the stuff that she will say to me when nobody's around as soon as my receptionist is listening if we're in the hallway or something she tries being nice and fake about it so
0: i just avoid her so that's the solution that you've employed in this second situation you're just avoiding it
1: well not at first i told her to keep her mouth shut leave me alone stop with the comments stuff like that but i know i can't be nice about it if i continue to talk to her and i don't need I don't need to get in trouble for something that I can try to just avoid, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm.
0: So it sounds like you haven't yet figured out how to resolve the situation. Mm-mm. So my first thought is, first of all, thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. That's amazing and very brave of you because that's a really shitty situation oh she's so bogue. so um i have to assume that a space like this which just so our listeners know it's a very large office park and so inside are all kinds of individual businesses Mm -hmm. the radio station's only one um but there there's probably a building manager or a property manager who is responsible for all of the tenants managing them collecting their rent etc Right? So, that would be a really good resource to see if they would be willing to issue um, a code of conduct to all of the businesses who rent here that says... If like you're how gonna, my boss did to it, the group? Yeah, exactly. And if you're going to rent here, by the way, here's the code of conduct with employees from other companies. Because although everybody is going to subscribe to their own individual company policies, there are also building policies, right? We, like we do can't, have building policies. Yeah. Absolutely, can't you can't take a dump in the hallway, for example, or smoke indoors. Exactly. Yeah. So let's let's go figure out who the property manager contact is here and see if we can plead your case and get that shit shut down.
1: Yeah, because if it's not allowed here, she couldn't say stuff to me anyway.
0: Well, it's just rude. It is rude,
1: but I don't know. What to, she's old. I think she's got cuckoo. That's not your problem. No, it's not, but. It it would be better for her to just be told and the situation dissolve itself than me deal with it, because I'm getting to the point where I'm not going to be very polite. Yeah.
0: Which is fair, too. You're allowed to defend yourself.
1: Yeah, well, at least I haven't flashed her yet, because people have told me to.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: just throwing that out there.
0: Oh, and then lastly, Tony, there has to be some workplace politics at play with you at the fish store because the owner has, you know, granted you princely status because nobody can do what you do for him. And if you think other people don't resent that, that would surprise me. Well, I I
3: don't, I don't really think so because I think I think everybody kind of works to that point at that store. Unfortunately, I think that's just how it goes. I think like the the kid who's under me. Is, is just waiting for his time. He's like, he knows. He knows that I'm, I'll be gone from there soon and that eventually he's going to be in my position because there's going to be an—unfortunately, it's, it's a terrible dynamic because he just doesn't like to employ people. He just doesn't like <sighs> to hire people. <laughs> so uh, him not wanting to hire people kind of gives us a little bit of free reign to kind of—I don't know. It, it makes it less competitive, you know? Because at, at some point, you know that you're going to get—you know that you're going to get— to where the other person is. So,
0: so, That's very true. I always say that family-run organizations are actually easier politically, because the rules are just so straightforward. Yeah. You know, he's going to do whatever he wants to do when he wants to do it. Exactly. But at the same time, if the guy beneath you, um, he's just, as you say, waiting for his time, being yeah. patient, uh, do you ever sense him getting impatient?
3: No, because he's younger. And that the rules have been set at this point. If you're younger, you're not you're not in charge.
0: (laughs) Well, if, if you were ever to feel some tension or issues starting to arise because he is getting impatient, one of the things, like, have you shown him every single thing you do, so if you got hit by a bus tomorrow, he would be ready for the promotion?
3: Yeah, I th- I'd say he knows. I mean, he can handle my—he can handle it. He can do my job if he needs okay. to. If I need him to, I mean, I mean, we're really getting to a point too. He's getting to the point where he's just 18, or mm-hmm. he's just starting to turn 18, so we can leave him on his own and he can work by himself and he can. So it, it, it's more like he knows what he knows what I do. I, I, he's been training now basically for the last four years. <laughs> I mean, so when he gets moved up, he'll be just doing exactly he'll what be I'm ready. doing. Yeah, exactly. He
0: started when he was 14. Yep. Holy cow! Dang. <laughs> he that's liked a, it. That's a committed young man. He must be really into fish. Yeah, he likes it. <laughs> Which, by the way, I've always been wanting. Do you have a big old fish tank at home?
3: I do not. Right? Not at the moment. It's so expensive. It's so expensive. I used to have. Funny. I used to have a tank at home, and it. Yeah, I just. It, it was really expensive. I was spending more of my paychecks on fish than I was. <laughs> Actually, keeping my paycheck. On
2: deodorant. I was just gonna so, say.
3: Yeah. So I, I just kind of I, I put it to the side for right now. At the moment, it's not a good investment. You know, it's okay. you know, things that die are not a good investment. Okay. <laughs>
0: okay. I was. I just always wanted to ask you that. Well, so I felt like that was a little. I know. I'm. I'm wrapping up. It was heavy. I'm glad this one's over. I felt like I was pushing you guys to think about stuff. You know, <laughs> like dealing with. So we'll handle them as they pop up in your work life, because they will. But that'll do it for Work Hacks with Bossy Skirt. See you next time.